many people, you know, one person likes to read, the other person likes to do some handicrafts or something. And research has actually shown that you don't need to be doing the same activity, but if you are sharing space together at the same time, your energy is actually interacting and you're going to get some positive benefits out of that. Mm. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss some simple habits that can have long-term benefits for your marriage. Stay tuned. I'm going to go ahead and self-promote here. I've co-authored my first book. It's called Life is Short, Don't Wait to Dance. And it's part biography, part self-help, part leadership book, and a part sports story. And it's very inspirational. It tells the story of the UCLA gymnastics head coach, Valerie Condos Field, who has become one of the winningest coaches in NCAA history. Yet, she never did gymnastics. In fact, she's never even played competitive sports in her life. She was a professional ballerina. As you can imagine, she has an amazing story and she is an amazing person. And I'm really proud of the book that we have put together. It's out now wherever books are sold. And again, it is called Life is Short, Don't Wait to Dance. Oh, and if you read it, please leave a review or email to let me know what you think. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined with the lovely, the brilliant, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, So Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationships and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this and more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Okay, so, excuse me. Uh, so I was uh, reading the news the other day, Karen, and I came across this like really lovely story. And um, the story was of this elderly couple who had been have been married for 64 years. They're still alive. Um, so they've been married for 64 years. And they told the story about when they first got married, they made this agreement or pact or whatever where if they ever had an argument, the loser would have to go walk around the block for an hour. And the husband then quickly conceded that he did a lot of walking. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, but it wasn't very long before the wife uh, decided she wanted to join him because she wanted to be with him and didn't like that he was gone for an hour. And so mm-hmm. then she started walking along with him. Mm-hmm. And then not too long after that, they decided that they just liked walking together. And mm-hmm. they were arguing less and they were walking more. And so this became a habit of theirs where they get up every morning and they go on this nice little morning stroll. And they talked about how it has helped them communicate better and they're, you know, because they're up in age, it's good for their exercise and they love the conversation and the exchange of ideas and et cetera, et cetera. So... I was reading this and I thought, wow, what a really great example of a very tiny habit that this couple took on decades ago that has offered all these fantastic benefits for their marriage. And 
So I wanted to see, like, well, maybe we could help share other ideas um, outside of walking together that couples could engage in to boost their marriage and relationship. So before we get to those, however, I do want to first ask you, uh, what is it about habits? Like, what kind of habits? What should couples look for when creating habits? What are some guidelines that they can do? I know there's a lot of commas in there. um, To have a happy, healthy, productive habit that they can instill into their relationship? Okay, so before I answer that question, (laughs) I'm going to flip our podcast on its, uh, you know, I'm going to flip it around, because usually you say to me at the end, you have something to add, and I'm going to add it at the beginning. Okay. Because I think there's something very constructive for our listeners um, to learn from this couple. So when you said that they decided that the loser would walk around the block, mm-hmm. that sort of like, you know, made me think, well, how do you decide who's the loser? You I know, that too. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, how do you decide that? And, and almost kudos to them that one of them would take responsibility and say, yeah, this is really my fault. Uh And double kudos that in this particular case, the woman decided, I don't want him to walk by himself. I'm going to miss him for an hour. Let me join him. Because I think what happens to so many of us is that when our emotions get triggered, we don't see clearly. Now, uh-huh. in some cases, it's right at, you know, when we've got our love goggles on and we're not thinking clearly and we're just sort of um, reacting to all the positive feelings we're having. But that happens in the negative also, that these negative emotions take place and we're not looking at things realistically or clearly and we're only seeing things from our perspective. So, of course, the other person is absolutely the wrong one and my side is right. And we're not able to consider that maybe the other person's perspective had something to offer Mm -hmm. or, you know, certain things that um, really, you know, um, had some merit to it. So the fact that in this particular story, they each were sort of, he was taking responsibility. She was saying, you know what? I don't want to hold a grudge here. Let me, you know, just spend time with him. I think there's a lot to be learned just in that, that holding grudges, that only seeing things from our perspective, that those are important aspects um, to when we have a conflict with each other. Mm -hmm. So that's my addition right up front. I love that. Um, okay. So uh, b- before you go to actually <laughs> uh, answering the, the the question, do you think um, because they engaged in this very early on in their relationship, it had a greater chance of success because it was yes. in the honeymoon phase and there hadn't been like this jilted, so they had like established this healthy habit early on while they could? Well- I think what it showed is sort of a respect for each other um, that, you know, 
he was able again, and I would assume that there was some times that she said, okay, I'm the loser in this argument, but that he showed enough respect of taking responsibility and saying, okay, I really do see your point. You know, I did X, Y, or Z. Um, and that she showed respect of not just making him the bad guy Mm -hmm. and saying that our marriage is more important than me winning. So I think, yes, with those kinds of attitudes, it's probably a lot um, having to do with the success of their marriage, of this long-term marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, this, this 64 years. Yeah. Okay. So then what habits... Uh, or what kind of guidelines should a couple have if they want to put together their own healthy habit that will benefit their marriage? That's not okay, like so, one of these like relationship things that they do. Right. So I think that number one across the board, always in whether you're creating a healthy habit, whether you're having a healthy argument, is having respect for each other. Um, you know, when when a therapist is working with a couple. What we will often say is that the marriage is the client. It's not the, you know, it's not one um, partner or the other. I'm choosing my word carefully because, you know, nowadays we have gay couples coming in. So I don't want to say him or her or the wife or the husband or whatever. It's not one partner or the other. It's the, it's the marriage. It's the relationship. That's the couple. So, When you're in your relationship, the guideline should really be what is good for us as a couple, not what's good for me. Mm -hmm. And so you, again, want to treat your partner with respect because your way is not necessarily the only right way. You each have needs, you each have concerns, and you want to hear each other out so you can come to something that is going to um, be beneficial to each of you. Now, maybe if you start a new habit, you know, if we speak specifically, it may be something that one person suggests and the other person says, "Eh, you know, I'm not really so wild for that, but you're willing to give it a try. Mm -hmm. And then the next time it's a different activity that the other person says, okay, last time we tried something you like, this time I'd like to try something I'd like. But the point is that there's some reciprocity in, in the ideas you come up with. Um, but the overarching theme is one of respect for one another. So that would be my, my basic guideline. Okay. Uh, can I, I want to add just one little thing about the, um, the pronoun thing that you were talking about, about him, Mm -hmm. her and, um, gay couples. I always think it's interesting too, because I think about this a lot as well. And then I also think, well, if I identify somebody as a husband or a, a woman as a wife, uh, it's an assumption that it would be a heterosexual relationship where there would mm-hmm. be a opposite gender on the other side of that statement. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's husband, husband, wife, wife. Um, if somebody makes an assumption that because I said wife that I'm talking about heterosexual couple, that's more on the person receiving it than the intention behind it. But I, mm-hmm. but I get it. So, yeah. And I yeah. appreciate like the sensitivity of it too. So anyways, that, yeah. is, that is interesting. Um, 
Okay. So okay. Then, um, so there's yeah, lots of different yeah. things. There's so. lots of different things. You know. So you could do any exercise together, okay. whether it's going to the gym together, whether you're biking together. You know, any kind of uh, shared activity um, that is um, exercise oriented. And there, of course, you know, you're you're spending mutual time together. You're getting the benefit of a health. Um, you know, ben- I'm, I'm repeating myself, I'm right. sorry, you know, you're getting the health benefit together. So that, of course, is going to be um, a good habit to develop with each other. And you're also going to be more motivated. We know that doing exercise with a buddy is more likely to actually be performed. It's many times very difficult when it's cold weather or you haven't had enough sleep or whatever to get up and, and go do your exercise. But if you've got somebody doing it with you, you're more likely to do it. And who better than, you know, your mate. Um, So that's one example. Uh, Then you have, you know, things like uh, just cooking together and sharing that. And, you know, not only are you cooking together, but you're working together as a team and sharing the responsibilities of the cooking together and, you know, planning for the meal um, and having to, you know, divide up the responsibilities and spending time in the kitchen together. Now, obviously, if you're cooking, hope. Hopefully, um, you're not spending time on your, you know, your gadgets. Mm-hmm. You're involved in the activity together, and it's a team effort. And then afterwards, you know, you get to enjoy the dinner. So, you know, it, it's really a, um, a project that allows you to um, have a lot of togetherness on a lot of different levels, from the beginning to the doing it to then enjoying the success of it. Yeah. So that's a really nice thing to do. I wanted to add something to the cooking because we know that in general, in aggregate, uh, people who cook food at home typically eat better than people who don't Mm -hmm. um, because of the easy access and the cheaper nature of just garbage food. Mm -hmm. Um, So just like doing some sort of exercise with your spouse is good for the relationship because you have that time to communicate and all that stuff, but it also benefits your health. Cooking together, the the, the actual calories you burn while cooking is mm. one thing because when you drive through a place and pick something out of a bag, you're not really burning a whole lot of calories there, but mm-hmm. when you sit there and chop and grind and whatever else, um, there's that part of it, but also the food that you put into your body is going to be healthier. Absolutely. So therefore, you have uh, more years to enjoy those activities. So I just wanted to toss that in there in regards. Yes. To thank you. Thank you. Very valid point. Um, you know, uh, there are times that you could be sitting in the same room together doing different activities and just that shared space and having that energy in the room together, that can be very satisfying. Mm-hmm. That being said, you could decide that you're each going to read the same book. And then after you read the same book, you talk about it. So that's a very nice activity also. But again, many people, you know, one person likes to read, the other person likes to do some handicrafts or something. And research has actually shown that you don't need to be doing the same 
activity, but if you are sharing space together at the same time, your energy is actually interacting and you're going to get some positive benefits out of that. Mm. I like that. I, I have to say that one of the things that uh, my wife and I do, so I wake up before she does, and I typically pop open my computer, start reading some news, check Twitter, all that kind of stuff. And when she then wakes up, one of the first questions she asks me is, so what's going on in the world today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then we have that little uh, short interaction where I kind of fill her in. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. this this is going on and blah, blah, blah. So it's it's a nice little thing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, Doing projects around the house, whether it be gardening, um, doing uh, fixing up of the house, cleaning out closets or anything, anything around the house that you're doing together, planning for some kind of renovation, planning for painting, anything around the house that, again, uh, requires that you are working together. Um, and, you know, you said habits, so you might not be doing that on a regular basis, but if there's, you know, just as, as part of your lifestyle, if you know that you're the kind of people that want to be staying on top of your house, so to speak, mm-hmm. and maybe you're not going to get to it you know, every day or even every week, the idea that your house is important to both of you and therefore you take on these little mini projects together, again, requires that you work together and that you consult with each other and you talk about things and then you orchestrate them together, you know, with the shopping or the planning or the actually doing. Uh, so I would, you know, say that that's an important thing as well. So can I add something to that really quick? Sure. So one of the things that I have talked about in the past is um, Valentine's Day and how Mm -hmm. there's mixed emotions about Valentine's Day, about it being like this Hallmark holiday where it's only Mm -hmm. for commercial purposes and whatnot. And I have argued in the past that, well, that may be true. However, um, it is this dedicated time where couples um, almost feel pressured to spend time with each other. Mm -hmm. And I like, to what you're talking about, is like doing these projects around the house. Mm -hmm. We have holidays coming up. We Mm -hmm. have um, spring cleaning. You have summer gardening. You have all these things that are very seasonal. Mm -hmm. I look at it as you could go on your calendar right now and think about the changing seasons, what needs to be done. Yes. And start marking those down as these are rather than chores that you're going to have to get done. Because I think that's the other part of this is you got to flip the mindset. Of, mm-hmm. Oh, these are these like the doldrums of like getting all this stuff taken care of and blah, blah, blah. Or you could think of it as like, oh, the I get this weekend to spend with my spouse to do these cool projects. And I think because there's such a positive spin around Christmas, for example, that Decorating for Christmas has taken on this like romantic view for a lot of households where, you know, they put on a Christmas movie and they put or Christmas music and they start Mm -hmm. stringing Mm -hmm. lights around the house and decorating the tree. And it's like it's this fun, engaging activity. Um, And you could technically do that with essentially like any around the house if you flip your mindset to, to to do it in that regard. But most of us 
don't. We, we dedicate that for a couple things, but not all things. But that's totally our choice to do that. So I just wanted to toss I that I think out that's there. great. I think that's great because as we've discussed in previous podcasts, so much of an outcome is going to depend on the expectation, the mindset, the perception that you have about it. So I think that's a, a great idea. Mm-hmm. You know, um, put on music, take out some wine and and then clean out your closet. It's going to be a whole better experience. <laughs> right, right. Or, or, you know, there might be a new Justin Timberlake album that drops or so, like there's so many ways that you could jazz it up yeah. to make it like a fun activity. Or right. one of the things that my wife and I like to do, we like to listen to audiobooks or we like to listen to podcasts and we will throw one of those on and then we will tackle some chore. Yeah. And, you know, and I know a lot of people don't like cooking, but I love cooking. And one of the reasons like I love cooking is like I will throw on, again, podcast, audiobook, or even some like Italian music. And then I will go in there and I just kind of go in my like Zen little mode and start cooking. And yeah. it becomes this point of relaxing, whereas other somebody else could look at that same thing and be like, you have to, you're chopping onions. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm making a sauce. It's all about how you approach it, right? So, uh-huh. Absolutely. And then, of course, this will be no shock. I think that if couples would get into the habit of doing their date nights, that that would absolutely be a major benefit to their relationship. And as we've often said, date nights do not have to be outside the house. They don't have to be expensive. They just have to be all about the two people and not, you know, the uh, problems that are uh, existing in the world for them, such as, you know, their bills or issues with their children. It has to just be about downtime for the two of them. Right. And and honestly, like everything else, when you make that part of the lifestyle, make that a habit, it, it becomes a lot easier to execute on because it's easy for things to fall by the wayside. So absolutely. You know, and, and you may say to yourself, Oh, we don't have time for this. Well, that's a choice you make. And, um, you know, I, I think that if your marriage is going to either really prosper or not, um, I think that you can manage to find 10 minutes a week in order to make it prosper. Yeah. You know, it doesn't take a lot. Well, it's funny, too, because uh, we everybody's got projects. Everybody has those like really crushing hard times in terms of time management and stuff in their lives. Um, But there's that level of self-awareness of knowing that it's that's the not the normal thing for you. And when that happens, you can then make that decision like, oh, let's let's find a couple minutes this weekend to reconnect. I know you don't have a lot of time. And mm-hmm. this happened when I was working um, on the book that I co-authored. Uh, I was on deadline. I was working constantly trying to get this thing done. And Jess would say like, oh, well, you need to take a break at some point. So when you do, like, I would like to spend that time with you and let's go walk around the block or let's do you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And it was very intentional to find those moments in, in the heat of a lot of things going on. So you're, you're mm-hmm. right about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, so I just want to reiterate really quick before we wrap up. Um, so some of the ideas, uh, because we went through quite a few, is any kind of exercise, physical activity, biking, walking, tennis, anything like that. Um, projects around the house, including like gardening. Um, cooking together, spending time in the kitchen together. And also important about that is um, engaged activity in the kitchen mm-hmm. cooking, not mm-hmm. with a screen in front of your face while the other person's you know, simmering away. Um, also, uh, discussing, uh, information, news, books, articles, uh, engaging in that, um, those interactions. And then of course, date night. And then the cornerstone to all of it, which, uh, Karen mentioned at the very top is respect for each other and respect for the relationship. So, uh, did I miss anything there? No. Okay. <laughs> there are always always well with that uh i think we got another great uh podcast in the books with a lot of helpful information at least i hope so so thank you so much for your time karen it is always a pleasure thank you steve uh, and before you guys go, I do want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic. Find it, keep it, and make it last. You can get this and more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Of course, you can find all this information at our website, hitchedmag.com. And because I mentioned it in in the podcast, I will bring it up. I have recently co-authored my first book. It is called Life is Short, Don't Wait to Dance. Um, And you can find that on wherever, all the major bookstores. So you can find that there. So um, with that being said, until next time, take care, everybody. Hey!